We begin today our summer series on prayer. Even though we know we should be praying daily, constantly, without ceasing, many, if not most of us, would confess that we don't pray as often as we should. I think most of us would agree we don't pray as much as we need to be praying. So I'm going to try really hard with the Lord's help to not make this 10 weeks of drive-by guilting and uh, make you feel guilty for 10 weeks for our lack of praying. Instead, uh, my goal is to look at God's Word and motivate and challenge us, myself included, to hunger and thirst and want to grow in our prayer lives. You've probably heard that in the event of a fire in your home, the last thing you should do is run around your house and yell and go get stuff. In case you weren't aware, this, this is your, uh, your little tip for the day. So fire breaks out, it's getting intense. Uh, here's what they tell us. The temperatures at a head level can reach very quickly 600 degrees, and one blast of 600 degree heat can literally fry and toast and destroy our lungs. Instead, they say to survive, get on your hands, get on your knees, and crawl to an exit. Got that? Want me to demonstrate? Okay, Here, here's the deal. If you realize there's a fire, get on your knees and crawl to the exit because... Floor level, 600 degrees up at head level, is much of a difference. It could be 150 degrees down here on your hands and your knees. You want to survive, get on your knees. And I would argue that the battle is heating up, church. <laughs> I would argue that the temperature spiritually, the warfare that's going on today is intense, and it's only getting hotter. And if we're going to survive the fiery darts, the attacks from Satan and his demonic army, what do you suppose we're going to have to do? We're going to have to learn to get really good at getting on our knees. If you have your Bibles, locate Ephesians chapter 6. Logan will put some verses up here on the screen in a moment, but Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that, church, we're at war. Ephesians chapter 6 says, church, we've got an enemy and he hates us and he's doing everything he can to attack, set our lives and our families on fire and destroy us. Ephesians 6 verse 12. Here's an important thing to remember. Our struggle in life is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle in life is not with other people. That's huge. Because a lot of times when trouble breaks out, I always want to attach a name to it. Well, my problem is with this person. And yet Paul says, no, not really. Uh, the enemy might be using another person, but our ultimate struggle is not against people, our ultimate struggle is against the dark forces of Satan and his demonic army. And know this, they are smarter than us. They are organized. They are energized. They are strategic. And if you think 
that you or I, we can win and do battle with Satan and his demonic army on our own, we're just kidding ourselves. We'll get destroyed. I'll have our, we'll have our lives set on fire every time. They are organized, strategic, energized to lie and distort and bring fear and anxiety and anger, men, to our lives. Paul tells us about the pieces of the armor. And twice as a church, since I've been here, we've gone through and looked at each piece of the armor and how to get the armor on. And if you're thinking, well, I don't remember, well, you can go put your name. We have a CD sign-up sheet there on the ministry table. And uh, just tell Jody, hey, I'd like the pieces of the armor CD series. And next Sunday, she'll have those for you. So if you need that, that's available for review, uh, and we'll get you those CDs on your request. But what's interesting is how Paul concludes the struggle with Satan and his demonic armies. He concludes with a plea for prayer. That's down in verse 18. Uh, Paul finishes this struggle, this battle, this war with a plea for prayer for the church to join in. Would you stand with me if you're able? Let's read out loud together Paul's passionate plea for the church at Ephesus, for the church at Walloon Lake. Ephesians 6, we'll start with verse 18. We'll read verses 19 and 20 as well. Would you join with me? Let's, let's read out loud God's book. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Let's pray. Lord, help us to become more aware of the battle, the fight, the war that all who know your Son personally are in. The moment we said, I do by faith to your Son Jesus, we went to the front lines. So Lord, help us to recognize that if we don't stay on our knees, we're in big trouble. Our families are in big trouble. The people around us are in big trouble. Lord, would you give us motivation starting today? Would you show us the reasons why getting on our knees and praying is so vital and essential? Convince us, Lord, that we don't do well on our own. We've proven it. I've proven it thousands and thousands of times, and yet, Lord, there's something inside of us that thinks we can live life in our own power, in our own strength, in our own resources, Lord, and I think I'm going to be fine. Would you finally get through to us that that's just a lie? Apart from you, we can do nothing. Lord, we recognize that your way for us to stay in tune and walking 
and abiding with you is prayer. Lord, would you help me not to guilt my friends for the next 10 weeks? Instead, Lord, help us to be motivated and challenged and encouraged to pray. And I think that can only come from you. I pray specifically now for those who are under serious attack. The fiery darts are raining down on them, and the war is heated and intense. Satan is attacking. So I pray for my friends here today under attack. Lord, would you help them to abide and and stay behind the shield of your son Jesus? Lord, as we abide, help us to stay connected to you. And Lord, help us to make that a daily, hourly thing. Help us, Lord, to notice those people around us, our, our brothers and our sisters in the family, who need encouragement, who need support, who need us to come alongside them. Lord, would you help us to notice them, and would you help us who are under attack to humble ourselves and ask? Like we do every Sunday, Lord, we invite the power of your spirit, Jesus, to be welcomed today in your church. So may the power of your Holy Spirit and the power of your word come today and change us from the inside. Lord, we realize true, lasting change that makes a difference only comes from you. So we worship you now as we dig into your book. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said in unison, you can be seated, thank you. The only thing that the disciples of Jesus asked Jesus to teach them to do was not, Jesus, would you teach us how to be a great teacher? The only thing that the disciples of Jesus asked him to teach them to do was not how to be a great leader. You're a great leader, Jesus. Teach us those principles. The only thing that Jesus' disciples asked Jesus to teach them was not how to heal sick people. And we know when we read the Gospels, Jesus was a great healer of the sick. They didn't ask him how to do that. The only thing that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to do was not to teach them how to witness and share their faith. Although everywhere Jesus went, people said, yes, I believe, I receive, I'm going to follow you. The the only thing that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to do was, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Turn here with me, if you would. Uh, says this, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Jesus, Lord, would you teach us how to pray? And it seems the others agreed. Yeah, that's a great idea. Wish I'd thought of that. Jesus, teach us how to pray. Now, Dr. Luke written down everything he was inspired to write down, this is interesting, records more of Jesus' prayers than the other Gospels. 
Matthew, Mark, John, they record Jesus praying, but Luke records more. He, he was really interested in the prayers and the times that Jesus prayed. Now, here's the key thought. If you're prone to sleeping, wake up for a moment, take a note, then you can go back to sleep, okay? Here we go. If Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, if Jesus, God with skin on, was desperate to pray, if Jesus talked constantly with the Father in prayer, if Jesus depended on prayer to survive, who are we to think that we can live life and not follow Jesus' lead and be dependent in prayer? If Jesus... Awesome, perfect, sinless God. If he needed to constantly abide and, and pray, who are we to think that we can just jog through life and be fine on our own? If Jesus needed to pray, you and I need to pray even more so. Amen? Okay, there were six of you. Okay, I'll give you another run at that. If Jesus, awesome God, perfect, sinless Lamb, if he needed to pray diligently, daily, hourly. Don't weak and puny us even need to pray more? Amen? Nice job. Let's jog through the prayers of Jesus. Uh, Logan will help uh, put some, some of these up, but we're going we're gonna to look at several of the times of prayer and when and what motivated Jesus to pray. If you have your Bible, Luke 3 Verse 21, like I said, Logan will get uh, many of these up as we race through Dr. Luke's gospel and look at some of the times that Jesus prayed. What was going on and what motivated him and what caused him to pray? Luke 3, verse 21, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as Jesus was praying, did you catch that? While Jesus was about to be baptized, and oh, by the way, have you signed up to get baptized if you haven't gone and been, went public with your love for Jesus? A little commercial right here in the middle. But while Jesus was baptized, uh, he was praying. That's interesting. Heaven was opened up, verse 22. Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in bodily form. Like a dove, a voice came from heaven. You're my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. This is the beginning of the public ministry of Jesus. So he begins his public ministry in prayer. Interesting? I think so. When, when, he, when he finally went public, and for the next three years he's going to be very public, he started that in prayer. Luke chapter 5. Slide down to verse 15. Luke chapter 5. Yet the news about Jesus spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear Jesus and to be healed of their sickness. So the crowds are growing, uh, they're intense, they, they're needy, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and did what? What does it say? And prayed. When the crowds grew, when the demands on Jesus got intense, what did Jesus know he needed to do even more? Withdraw and pray. So I need to ask, any of you busy? Any of you got this hectic season, overscheduled life? <laughs> a few of you? And you're thinking, you know what? I think I don't have time to pray. No, no, you're too busy not to pray. 
You're too busy not to make time and follow Jesus' lead and get recharged and reconnected through the power of prayer. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went up to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God all night long. Sleep is good, prayer is better, I need to pray. Verse 13, when morning came, Jesus called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. So when Jesus has an important decision to make, I need to choose the 12, I I can't mess this up, Lord, I need to know exactly, Father, who I should choose. What did Jesus do? He spent the night praying. Any of you have important decisions that you need to make? Any of you have some essential things that you need to give consideration to and and you need to make some choices and decisions? Why not follow the lead of Jesus? (laughs) Before you make the decision, make sure you soak your life, you, you drench your life in prayer and connection with your Heavenly Father. Make sure you've done your knee work before you make your choices. Luke chapter 9, verse 18. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? And there's this amazing, important conversation that takes place between Jesus and and his disciples. Who do you say I am? And uh, you get the great confession and then the great denial and there's lots of important things. But what I think is interesting is Jesus is modeling prayer to his disciples. Before important conversations take place, and maybe you don't always know when an important conversation is about to take place, but when you realize it's taking place, what should you do? Uh, Pray. Well, I'm not so good at praying when people are around. Okay, well, uh, go to the bathroom, lock the door, and pray, and then come back and resume the conversation. It's that important. Before important conversations, pray. Chapter 9, verse 28. About eight days after that conversation, Jesus said this. He took Peter, John, and James and with him, and they went up to a mountain To do what? Any guesses? They're going to pray. And as Jesus was praying, something powerful happened. The inner circle, Peter, James, John, they get a glimpse of Jesus and his glory, and it all started in a prayer meeting. So you want important, powerful things to happen? It happens in prayer. It happens when we're talking and communing with the Lord. Luke chapter 22, we're going to skip a bit. Uh, We could stop at 11, but we're going to look at 11 in coming weeks uh, in more detail. Luke chapter 22, verse 39. Jesus went out as usual. I think they're going to pause there. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. So his regular habit, it seems, was to go out and go to this certain place on the Mount of Olives. Now, this time was a little different, we know. Uh, So he goes to his usual place, 
He goes and he prays, verse 40, on reaching the place, Jesus says to the disciples, pray that you'll not fall into temptation. Verse 41, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. Uh, Jesus knelt down and prayed. And I'm talking powerful, honest prayer. Father, if you're able, would you please take this cup of suffering from me? Father, if you got another way that I don't have to go to the cross and bear the sin of the world, if there's another way, that would be great. But not my will, but thine be done. Verse 44, such anguish that as Jesus prayed, his sweat like drops of blood fell to the ground. <laughs> That's intense prayer. Verse 45, Jesus arose from prayer and the disciples are doing what? Verse 45. I think the truth is, I'm a better sleeper than I am prayer. Anybody else can, can identify? I'm better at sleeping than praying. Uh, that was true for the disciples as well. Uh, he says, hey, what are you doing? Sleeping, get up, pray. Uh, rose from prayer, they're sleeping. Why was Jesus always praying? Why was Jesus modeling prayer? Why was Jesus always going and get connected to the Father. Uh, what did Jesus do on his own apart from prayer? And the answer? <laughs> he did absolutely nothing without prayer. Nothing. John chapter 5, verse 19. The Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. John chapter 5, verse 30, Jesus explains... By myself, I can do how much? So if Jesus can do nothing on his own, um, how much do you think you and I can do on our own? And the answer would be nothing that matters, nothing that lasts, nothing that's going to make a difference for eternity. So here's the hard question. Right now in your daily life, is prayer essential or is prayer optional? And only you can answer that for you. Right now, truth, and I realize you've probably got some of both, but is prayer mostly essential or mostly optional? The truth is that many of us view prayer as asking God for stuff. Think about it. And, and i got to say, for a long time, that was my view of prayer. Well, when do you pray? Well, when you need stuff. So if you need something, then you pray. Uh, God, could you help me with this math test that I'm taking? That I forgot to study? <laughs> uh, Lord, could you help my car not to quit and die, please, even though I know I should have taken it to the mechanic two weeks ago? Uh, Jesus, could you help me get a raise from my boss, even though I'm an awful employee? Help, help him to smile on me and give me a raise. God, could you help my grandma who's really, really sick to get better? Lord, I've got this relationship that it's gone sour, and now we used to be really good friends, but suddenly now, what, would you heal this relationship? And if we're honest, a big reason why many of us have quit praying much is we prayed hard, we prayed a lot, we prayed sincerely, and I flunked that math test. And 
my car quit and died after my prayer. And my boss didn't give me a raise. Matter of fact, he fired me. My grandma didn't get well. She died. And that relationship that I prayed about only got worse and more angry. So if you're thinking that prayer is about asking for stuff, and you ask for stuff, and you mean it with all your heart, and it goes south and the other way from what you prayed, then probably you're saying, you know, I I tried that. It didn't work. Here's the question. What if the purpose of prayer is not to get stuff from God? What if that never was the purpose? What if the purpose of prayer is to know Jesus better and draw close to him just like Jesus modeled with the Father? Trekking? What if the purpose is to know Jesus better and and to be closer to him? What if Jesus doesn't need us to bring all of our requests to him to inform him? Like if we don't tell him, he won't know. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes in my head, I think I need to go and I explain some things. Jesus, were you aware that this situation is going on? And and were you aware that you need to get busy and deal with this situation and this person? What if the purpose of prayer is not to inform the Lord of what's going on around us? What if he already knows our needs? What if he's already aware? But prayer is God's way of us drawing intimately and closely to him. What if that's the purpose of prayer? And it's that closeness and that intimacy that's built and grows as we talk with Jesus about our daily needs. It's not so much me telling him what to do. It's me crying out as a child, Lord, here's the situation I need you. I need your presence. I need your wisdom. I need your strength. You see, usually in prayer, we're desperate for something. Most of us, we we pray like crazy when I'm really desperate for something. But what we see Jesus model is not so much praying for something, but someone. So I would suggest to you that prayer is about being desperate to go spend time with the Lord. And that always was the purpose of prayer. Jesus models prayer that is desperate for someone, a heart of prayer that's all about a relationship with him. Jesus shows us that prayer is designed to enjoy the Lord, to get to know him, to draw close to experience his goodness and his grace daily. And it's, and it's I, I want to just go spend time with you, Lord. I don't do well when I'm not abiding and staying connected with you. Lord, prayer, I realize it's all about knowing you and walking with you and living my life with you. That's what Jesus modeled. And I would argue that's the model that we should follow. Not just going to ask for stuff. And I'm not saying we should never ask for stuff. But that's not the primary purpose of prayer. What's the main essential thing of your life? We talked about this last Sunday, Father's Day. What what if the main thing of your life is not your job? 
what if, what if the essential thing in your life is not your finances and it's not your possessions? What if the main thing in our life is not our, our fun, our football, our baseball, our basketball, our soccer, our hockey, our knitting, our sewing, our crocheting, that's all I got in that area. Um, what if it's not what we consider fun? What if that's not the main thing? What if the main essential thing in life is not even our families? <gasps> Pastor Jeff, I can't even believe you said that. What if the main thing is not supposed to be your husband or your wife or your children or your grandchildren or your parents or your cousin or even your best friends? What if that's not supposed to be the main thing? What if the most important thing in the world as a follower of Jesus is my personal, intimate, daily relationship with Jesus Christ? What if that's the main thing? And everything else in our lives, think, think with me now, in, in that, that daily koinonia with Jesus is the main thing, and everything else in my life flows from that relationship. Which means, if that relationship with Jesus is strong, there's going to be lots of Jesus in everything else, in our finances, and in our fun, and in our family, and, and, and all the things that we're about... But if that relationship with Jesus is weak, do you see the problem? If the main thing is weak, then, then the Jesus in all the other things in life is going to be affected, affected poorly. The number one way we keep our koinonia with Christ alive and fresh and daily and real, give me your eyeballs, is what Jesus modeled. And what was that? He was always talking to the Father. He was always withdrawing and, and, and talking and, and connecting through prayer. And, and I think he listened more than he talked. Prayer is not just talking, it's a lot of listening. And Lord, show me and speak to me, Lord. And your still, small voice, help me to tune in and abide and, and walk with you. So as we begin this summer series on prayer, here's my question. Will you say today, Lord, would you teach me to get better at this thing called prayer? Jesus, would you help me to follow the model, the example that you had when you walked on earth? Lord, would, would you show me how to get better at abiding and staying connected and making prayer the main thing of my life? Because that's the number way we connect. That's the best way. That's what Jesus modeled. It's all about every day staying connected, walking, abiding, talking, and then at times firing up arrow prayers. Oh, Lord, didn't expect this to be here, so help me now, and here we go. Now, I realize I'm talking to some of you. You've got your Ph.D. in in talking and abiding and communicating with Christ. And you, you probably, even if you have your Ph.D. In, in communing and prayer and connecting, you probably don't feel that way, and that's a good thing because that would be proud. But I know that some of you are really good at this. 
But I think there's still more to grow, don't you? Even if this is like the main thing and has been the main thing for you for a long time, I would argue that I still think you can say, Lord, teach me more. Help this to become even more important. Help this to become even more essential. Some of us were in high school on this. And it's good to be in high school, right? And it's good, Logan, to graduate from high school. Amen? Yeah, right. Uh, So it's good, and I'm glad you're there, and high school is a good place to be, a good level in in prayer. But if you're in high school, you've got a ways to go. You've got things to learn. So, Lord, would you teach us? Those of us who are in high school in this, would you teach us? We want to go further. We're not content where we're at. Some of us here today, we're in elementary school in this. And you're saying, I, I think I understand. I, I kind of get it. It's not about asking for stuff. It's about a relationship. But, but I'm, I'm not real experienced in this. And, and I would say, you're right. So let's learn. Let's grow. Let's ask Jesus to teach us this summer. Help, help me to be here regularly. Uh, Lord, by your grace, I'm going to miss minimally, and, and I want to be here because I want to learn. Would you teach me how to pray from your book? And some of you, because I was here at one point, you're just a toddler, and you're thinking, really? Prayer isn't about asking for stuff? Are you sure? Because that's really what I always thought prayer was. I, I need this, Jesus, please Please give it to me, or, or don't do this, or please make that happen, and, and bam, do bad stuff on that person. That's what prayers, no, no, there's, there's a whole new world, and I won't sing the song. So if you're a toddler in prayer, let me encourage you, let me challenge you. Let's go to the next level, wherever you're at regarding this koinonia daily relationship that Jesus modeled? Will you consider? Jesus, make the prayer of my heart. I want to move on. Teach me to pray. I want to know more. I want to take the next step with you. So would you bow your heads, shut your eyes, and uh, no matter where you're at, Would you just quiet your hearts? And maybe the first step is just to say, Lord, would you show me? Where am I at from your perspective? When when it comes to spending time with you and making that the main thing, and before I have a big decision, getting away and getting quiet with you, when an important conversation breaks out, boy, I'm all about firing up and, Lord, needing you need your help here when you're busy and hectic and overscheduled and worn out how, how do you do at making sure that you're not too busy to pray
Lord, uh, we need to hear from you a lot. We need to hear from you regarding where we're at in prayer. We need to hear from you about where we're at in our relationships, in our motives, our attitudes, what, what we're thinking. We need to hear from you regarding our sin, what we keep getting tripped up on. But Lord, would you show us today where we're at regarding our prayer life? No matter where we're at, Lord, I believe the key thing you're asking for is, Jesus, I'm not content. And I want to just stay where I'm at. I'm not content. I want to grow closer and draw near. I want to follow your lead, Jesus, that you modeled in your book. Make me desperate for you. Make walking with you and knowing you and having a relationship daily with you the main thing in my life. Realize that when the Lord's talking to you and you're doing some business with him, for me at least, it's always helpful to respond physically. Because <laughs> you got things going on down under, but, but to let the Lord know, Lord, I just want you to know, I've heard you, and I'm ready to respond. I'm open to learning and growing. I want to not just be content. I, I want to go to that next level. I want to take the next step. Teach me. Teach me to pray. If that's the desire of your heart, would you just hold up your hand to the Lord? just want you to know, Lord, that's, that's me. You're, you're, you're talking to me, and I just want you to know, see my hand. I'm hearing you. Lord, would you teach us to pray? Help us to learn the art of the heart. And thank you for modeling for us what prayer is all about, what, why it's a priority. And Lord, I pray for each member of the church family. Would you grow us? Would you make us hungry and thirsty to enjoy you, to daily be abiding and staying connected with you? Lord, I know we all have stuff going on. So, Lord, help us to always keep asking you that you work in the stuff that's around us. But, Lord, more importantly, might we enjoy you. Not be always praying about something, but praying about someone. You. You're the best. You're the best thing that's ever happened to any one of us. Pray all of these things in Jesus' amazing name. Amen.